Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. This week, we are covering a toothy fish friend of the sea, and that is going to be the bull shark. I feel like with it being summer now, that it's a, it's a good time to talk about sharks again. It's been a while since we've talked about sharks. The last time we did uh, was back in like episode five and six. So I think it's time... Yeah, when it was summer as well. <laughs> yeah. I think it's time we do it again. Uh, so we're going to be talking about, all about bull sharks, and then we're going to do the 1916 Jersey attacks. Mm. And Dave, I know you really enjoy talking about sharks, don't yeah. you? Dave has a, a big fear of sharks, just so everyone knows. Uh, also, we hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode about Animals in Warfare, Part 2. I really enjoyed doing those yeah. Animals in Warfare. Yeah. I thought that was a really good idea by me. Yeah. <laughs> so go back and check those episodes out if you haven't yet. They're really good. And uh, as always, we are joined in the studio by Colonel Cheetor. Dave, you still afraid of sharks? What a pussy. Yes, I am. I will admit it. <laughs> yeah, he, Dave really is. So uh, good job there, Colonel Cheetor. I like when Colonel Cheetor is kind of a dick to you. <laughs> you do have a big fear of sharks, though, don't you? Yeah, but it's that water thing, you know. I just, I don't want to, yeah. I, it's, it has to have stemmed from Jaws. You think? I saw it when I was too young, I think. Uh, I bet that's the case for a lot of people, too, though. Yeah. But uh, if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. And I say this every week, but the ratings and reviews really help our, our podcast gain more attention, gain more listeners. Uh, so they mean a lot more than you think. And I know it takes 20 to 30 seconds, but please go ahead and do that for us. It means a lot. But what do you say we just get right into things, Dave? Let's do it. Okay. The bull shark, or their Latin name, oh boy, <laughs> car 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 liucus maybe. That is a tough word. All these Latin, all the Latin names are really tough. Yeah, nor do they just call a bull shark. Yeah, bull shark, and uh, bull sharks are one of the main three species of sharks responsible for attacks on humans. What do they call a woman bull shark? A cow shark? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to get at? Him? Yeah. Okay. Um, species. They are. Yeah. One of the three species of sharks responsible for attacks on humans. The other two being the tiger shark and really the main one, the great white. Mm. Bull sharks are actually ranked third in total shark uh, attacks, but bull sharks are known to be very aggressive. We're, uh, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. So their name, bull shark, comes from the shark's stocky shape. A flat snout and unpredictable behavior like a bull. The name also stems from the way they bump into their prey, uh, similar to a, a a bully in a hallway. That's uh, how it's described. Uh, okay. So you, they, they could be called the bully shark, too. I actually nice. kind of like that, the bully shark. Sounds like what they'd call them in England. Unfortunately, I think they're more prevalent in Florida, so they call them the bull. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they have a very large range, and they go by different names kind of all over the world. Uh, another popular name for them is the river shark. Hmm. Uh, a very large, yeah, like I said, a very large range and are found in coastal areas of warmer oceans. So in the U.S., they are all over the Atlantic coast from New York all the way down through the Caribbean. And then they go, then they go down into Central America, South America, all the way down to Argentina. So on hmm. the Atlantic side of the Americas, they're all over the place. 
And on the Pacific side, they are uh, starting about Mexico area, and then they go down all the way to Peru on the Pacific oh, okay. side of the Americas. Okay. So we're going to California in a couple of weeks, Dave. So yeah. at least you're not going to have bull sharks. No. Yeah, so hopefully I can separate that from just sharks. Well, yeah, okay. we, the great whites are there, so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now they also inhabit Africa on the Atlantic as well, and also on the Indian Ocean side, hmm. and even Madagascar. You can find them around the waters of India as well, and also in most of Southeast Asia, then in Australia, and many of the Pacific Islands out there as well, like Fiji hmm. and Samoa. So they're pretty much everywhere Gee. for the most part. Yeah. So, yeah, they cover a large range. And they like to hang out in shallow coastal waters. Normally, they don't like going much deeper than around 100 feet deep. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they stick to the shallows. Huh. And they often like more uh, brackish, murky water, mm. kind of darker water, but not all the time. And they can be found in they can be found in cleaner, deeper water, but mostly stick to the shallows mm. for the most part. Now, what I think is the most interesting thing about them, and also the kind of the scariest thing, they are not just found in the ocean like other sharks. They can survive in both salt water and fresh water. Oh. One of the only species to be able to do this, and by far the most dangerous one to be able to do this. Wow. And most people don't think you need to worry about sharks being in a river, but you do. <laughs> yeah, this isn't helping, man. <laughs> I know. It wasn't meant to help. <laughs> They can be found in many major river systems all over the world. In the U.S., they have been seen as far upstream in the there's so in the Mississippi River. They have been seen all the way up to Illinois. Oh my goodness! That's that's like right in the middle. Oh that's yeah. Like, that's I was amazed when I heard that. I didn't know they went that far north. Yeah, that's crazy. That's way out of that's, the salt water. It really yeah. is. So they can be found in all sorts of rivers around the globe. Uh, common rivers, other common rivers are the Brisbane River in Australia, mm. the Ganges River in India, and the Amazon River in South America. Oh, and also the Zambezi River in Africa. That's a common oh, one. Oh, okay. Uh, now, not only do you have to worry about a bull shark in the ocean and some rivers, well, you also kind of need to worry about them in some lakes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Right up here, uh, the lake we go like to go boating in. They've been yeah. spotted there, Dave. Oh, thanks, man. Pineview Reservoir, yeah. where we like to go boating. Uh, somebody recently saw one there. Bad enough thinking about tiger fish there, you know. The tiger muskies? Yeah. They're not going to do anything. I hear they bite you. They got sharp teeth. They do have sharp teeth. Yeah. What are they going to do? Nibble your toe a little yeah. bit? Yeah. That'll freak me out. I'll be like, what is it? It's a bull shark. <laughs> But the the main lake that they are in is Lake Nicaragua. So, Dave, you you might need to avoid that lake if you ever happen to be in Nicaragua. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they can be found in some lakes. They can be found in anywhere. Wow. Sometimes they don't even have to be, like, large rivers. They can be, like, streams, like, as wide as this room are in. Doesn't, they can be found there. So here's an interesting thing. Uh, after Hurricane Katrina, many bull sharks were found in nearby lakes. Huh. Sometimes during sometimes during floods, they find their way into oh, lakes. How would you like to see that? You're in your you're in your couch floating down the street, and you're in your couch. <laughs> man. Yeah, bull shark comes. Bull sharks. Up. Oh, that's happened before. Oh, 
Oh man, that'd be freaky. And so hey, it fits in line with that uh, that movie. Yeah. The, except oh it's yeah, that movie looks. That was with the alligators. That movie it's called Crawl. Yeah. And that that looks really cool in like a hurricane movie, and then the uh, the guy and the girl are stuck in a house with alligators during a hurricane. That looks yeah. sweet. I, I watched the trailer again not too long ago. Nice. I think we should go see that. Oh, we should. Yeah. Make an episode of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but anyway, uh, here's another funny thing. In 1996, there was a flood in Queensland, Australia. A few bull sharks were trapped in the lake of a golf course. Hmm. And they're still there today, I believe. Oh, man. And um, the golf course actually capitalized on it and made them a special attraction. Wow. What do they live off of now? I don't know what they live off of there. They probably might throw some stuff in there. I don't know how big it's... I don't think of a golf course as, a, as having a big lake, but it might be a good size lake. And they said there's like uh, six to 12 of them in there and there might be wow. breeding. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. Uh, I don't recommend you trying to find your ball if you hit it into that lake. <laughs> That's quite the <laughs> Probably hazard. Probably not a good idea. Wow. All right. But the, the reason that they can do this, swim between fresh uh, freshwater and saltwater, is because they are diadromous, meaning they can swim between salt and freshwater with ease. And they are also urohyaline, I think that's how you say mm. it, which means they are able to uh, adapt to a wide range of saltines, like salt. Oh. Bull sharks are one of the few fish that have this ability. Other fish that can do this are salmon. Oh, okay. Tilapia, I guess, can do it too. Oh. And nobody knows exactly how they got this ability. One theory is that during the last ice age, their population was bottlenecked due to environmental events and evolution kicked in and they eventually adapted this ability in order to survive. Mm. I mean, it's more complicated than that, obviously. And, yeah. but that's all we're going to cover. I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't <laughs> want to, if I step into that, then I'm going to be like six hours of reading evolutionary events of the yeah. bull shark. And I just hey, didn't come out it. pretty smart. I, well, actually the ribosomes of the DNA pattern. <laughs> All right, so now let's let or let's get into their size. And like with most sharks, the females are larger than the males. Uh, adult females average around eight feet and weigh around three hundred pounds. Ooh. Um, where the slightly smaller males average around seven point four feet and weigh around two hundred and fifteen pounds. So there's it's not quite a difference. It's, yeah, it's quite a difference, but it's not a huge difference as well. Hmm. Uh, the record size of an individual shark was a female who was 13.1 feet. Wow. And the record uh, for weight was a female that was 694 pounds. Oh, wow. That's a big girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they could they could be larger ones out there, too. We don't know. They're, who knows? Maybe there are bigger ones out there. deeper when they get big. I Maybe. Don't know. We don't know. Uh, and they are gray on the top and white on their bellies. I want to briefly touch on their reproduction. I found it kind of interesting. Uh, they mate during late summer, early spring, often in fresh water or in water of, in the mouths of rivers. Their gestation is around 12 months, and a female may give birth to from 1 to 13 live young. And shark babies are called pups. Like a puppy, but a bit more toothy. <laughs> they are they are born live and free swimming. And the the pups are about they're normally about twenty seven inches long when born, but the bull sharks they do not rear their young. 
her job is done once they're born. Okay. Yeah, they don't want to be, uh, you know, sucking on the teeth for those. those, (laughs) No, that would not be a good idea. (laughs) But they normally give births in fresh water. The fresh water acts as kind of a protective area where the young can grow and mature without the threat of larger sharks preying on them. Mm. So their ability to go into fresh water gives them a big advantage in a lot of ways and big benefit. The the courting routine, just in case you were wondering about shark sex, Dave... (laughs) It has not been observed in full detail before, but the male likely bites the female on the tail until she turns upside down, and the male can then stick it in, I guess. This is called the sharky position. (laughs) Nice. At some point during sharky position, it gets pretty violent, with the male biting the female, and mature females are often seen with bite marks from the from mating in the sharky position. Gee. And that goes for, I think that goes for all sharks in, in general. Oh, wow. And just in case you were curious. Well, yeah, I guess I was. Well, you know, the virgins are the unscarred ones then. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about their diet now. The main part of their diet consists of mostly other fish and other sharks, even other bull sharks, because guess what? They are cannibals. I think mm. almost every animal we've covered is a cannibal. Yeah. Like, I, animals are just straight up cannibals all over there. Yeah. Uh, like other sharks, they are opportunistic feeders and will eat uh, lots of other things like turtles, birds, dolphins, seals, crustaceans. Really, anything that's in the water is on the menu. Humans. Humans. <laughs> definitely. And there have been reports of bull sharks feeding on crocodiles. Oh, interesting. And then there's also been reports of crocs feeding on bull sharks. Mm-hmm. And and get this, there have even uh, been reported uh, to be to have seen being feeding on hippos. Wow. Yeah, it's not too uncommon to see bull sharks near a pod of hippos in the rivers, like the Zambezi wow. River and stuff. And I guess this is because hippos generate a lot of poop, which attracts fish to the bull sharks, which the attracts the fish that the bull sharks eat. So that's oh, why okay. they go there as well. So bull sharks and hippos do not get along too well, as you can imagine. Mm. Uh, but bull sharks have been reported preying on young hippos. Oh, wow. Uh, also, adult hippos uh, are very territorial, very territorial. Yeah. And have killed bull sharks before. I could see oh, that. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the same with the crocodiles. The relationship with the crocodiles and the hippos, it's probably this very very similar to the relationship to the bull sharks and the hippos. Yeah. I can imagine. But uh, while bull sharks aren't quite like tiger sharks, who are, tiger sharks are the garbage cans of the sea, mm. but they will still eat just about anything. And we will have a tiger shark episode sometime. Oh, okay. Uh, when they hunt, they like to stick to murky waters where prey has a hard time spotting them, and they are known to use the bump and bite technique. We've talked about it before, back in like episode five. Um, yeah, but, and after after the first initial bite, they'll come back and then continue to bite and tackle their prey until uh, the prey is no longer able to get away. Gee. Uh, bull sharks are solitary hunters as well, and normally they eat in short bursts, and when food is scarce, sharks sharks have this ability they can digest their food for a much longer period to avoid starvation. 
Oh. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's so I guess they can hold their food in longer and like choose when they poop. Nice. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff for that with sharks. Huh. Bull sharks are apex predators and their main threat is mankind, obviously. Mm. Not mankind, the wrestler, but humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's not McFully that's the main threat. <laughs> But they have been attacked by great whites and tiger sharks, crocodiles, and even orcas before. Ooh. So they wow. do have a few things to worry about. That'd be interesting. I wouldn't think they'd be in the same uh, areas. You know, orcas are, tend to be more cooler waters and deep. Yeah, and... but there's there's always a little bit of mixture in places. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I mean, orcas are like the dominant predator in the oceans, I think, at least. Yeah. They've, they've got to be. They're like the wolves of the sea. Yeah, but the biggest. And... I mean, even a uh, even a great white versus an orca, I'm going to pick the orca. Yeah. 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 And we will have an orca episode sometime too as well. Ooh. But uh, let's let's talk about their cons. Let's go to our conservation table. I feel like we haven't gone over it in a bit, so let's just do a quick refresher. It's a seven. The conservation table is a seven point scale with one being the worst, meaning extinct. Two means extinct in the wild. Three means critically endangered. Four means endangered. Then five means vulnerable. Six means near threatened. And then seven, the best, means of least concern. What do you think bull sharks are, Dave? Six? Wow, good guess. Nice. That was exactly ah. right. Did not think you would get that. Oh. But that was, yeah, they are a six. So they, uh, they are threatened right now. Mm. And all of that is due to humans. Yeah. Uh, all right, now that's going to take us to our random facts section that we like to do with solo episodes. This is info I either found late in my research or didn't have a place for earlier. It's kind of like a, a bullet point list in some ways. All right. All right, so bull sharks normally live up to 16 to 18 years in the wild. And pound for pound, bull sharks have the highest bite force among sharks. Ooh. They have a bite force of 1,300 PSI towards the back of their jaws and 450 PSI in the front. Ooh, so their okay. back jaws are where they get the most power. Jeez. I mean, that's not bad. That's pretty high up there. Yeah. And sharks, sharks, um, keep in mind, they have extremely sharp and serrated teeth. And that, add that in there as well. Yeah. And it's, it's, so they don't have the strongest bite force we've seen, but still pretty good. Yeah. It's, a very, it's a respectable bite force. Yeah. Uh, do you remember which animal has the highest that we've talked yeah, it was about? The saltwater crocs. Yeah, very good. It was the saltwater crocs, and they're at like 3,700 PSI. That's crazy. <laughs> so they win by Jeez. far. And if you remember, the, the jaguar is up there as well. Oh, yeah. The jaguar is pretty, it's like 25, I think. 2,500? Yeah, that's they have the highest of any of the big cats. Wow. And I think I, I read that the gorilla. Is up there too. Oh wow! They have a really strong bite force, I guess. Huh? Hey, we we're gonna do a gorilla episode sometime oh, too. Oh yeah, we'd have to. Yeah, we're definitely apes are on the are on the list of things nice. to do. That might come soon, actually. Apes. Oh okay. Anyway, so I found this part late in my research, and it helps kind of explain how they can survive in fresh water, and it involves their pee. Huh? So. Excess salt is removed from their bloodstream by the kidneys and flushed out when they urinate. So bull sharks can regulate the amount of salt that goes into their pee. Hmm. So when they swim in the ocean, their pee is highly 
um, saline, so a lot of okay. salt. And when they're in fresh water, their kidneys work really hard to retain salt, and they don't pee out any of the salt, oh, the saline. So I, I guess that, that makes more sense, right? And, yeah. And, um, that's how they, they can control it and regulate it themselves. Huh. Uh, so I guess that's how they do it. Wow. Interesting, huh? Yeah. All right. So there is also kind of a myth about bull sharks. Some believe that they are why they are so aggressive is because they have the, the highest testosterone levels of any animals. Mm-hmm. This is not true, and no. this has been debunked by scientists who yeah. studied it. It's not true. I actually never heard that before, but I, I read it like twice when I in my research. Oh, okay. All right, so something else interesting is that they there are some bull sharks in captivity. Hmm. Bull sharks can live in captivity. They've been known to live in there for 25 years. Oh, wow. So that's more than what they would do in the wild. That's yeah. pretty, that's common. But several aquariums around the world have bull sharks, the only aquarium I know where there are where they're at in the U.S. is that is at a weird place. It's an odd choice. It seems like there used to be some in like the like California somewhere in California, but there yeah. haven't been for like 15 years. So the only place I could find where they're at in the U.S. is the Oklahoma Aquarium. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Oklahoma seems like an odd place to have bullshit yeah. just seems like an odd one to have yeah when i think of oklahoma i think of like tornadoes ripping through trailer parks not maybe, aquariums with bull sharks yeah. maybe that's how they came up with uh sharknado <laughs> <laughs> so some guys going visiting the oklahoma? aquarium there sharks oh. Oh. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but yeah that's where they're at and I looked at some pictures, and it looks like a really cool aquarium, to give it some credit. It was oh. one of those tunneled ones that you walk, and it's oh, all, yeah. it's up, up right above you and side to side. Ooh, that'd be neat. Yeah, it looked like a really cool aquarium. But but they, um, bull sharks, have a, there was a lot of maintenance involved with that. Oh. So. you think it would be less, because it's like, oh, I don't have to have salt in the water. It's okay. Well, yeah, but uh, um, they, they, like big sharks like that are a problematic for oh. to keep in captivity like uh great whites you don't see them in captivity no, they've tried yeah. i think the longest um one kept in captivity was like less than 200 days yeah when i read and you they just it's a lot of a lot of times they won't eat when they're in there yeah and then they have to release them so keeping sharks is pretty difficult so they, they got to yeah. be at the, at the oklahoma aquarium they i'm sure they're pretty qualified to, yeah. uh, to if they're able to do that when we lived in uh san jose they they found a well, they had a great white in there, but it died. And then they found a baby one mm-hmm. that that they rescued and they brought it in. Yeah, they've done and that it before. Survived, but it was like the baby one came in right when we had moved away, so Dana was bummed. No, she didn't get to see. And uh, but yeah, they it it grew up and they released it as it got yeah, older. That's happened like before. It, it that might be the one that lasted the longest. Yeah, it might be because it was doing okay as a baby, but then as it grew, they're like, oh, it's time to release it. We got to send it back out. Yeah, yeah, I could buy that. Yeah. It was in the Monterey Aquarium. Monterey. It was Monterey. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I remember seeing that in my research. It was yeah. Monterey. That's right. All right. Well, let's continue. So according to the ISAF, the International Shark Attack File, there have only been 100 reported recorded bull shark attacks that were unprovoked. Huh. And that's worldwide. Wow. You think there'd and, be more? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there are more, but these are the recorded ones. Oh. And out of 100, only 27 were fatal. Huh. So that's about that's about a quarter of... Yeah. 
now these are recorded attacks and attacks where it was properly identified. That's another big thing. The identification. These ones were properly identified as a bull shark. And there are, there are probably more than that, though. And we've covered a couple stories where they don't know exactly what kind of shark it was that attacked. And that happens more often than not. I would, or it happens often. Mm. People aren't, you know, you're not going to be able to, if you can't see it, you can't yeah. identify it. For, yeah. And when you're the one being bitten, it's probably hard to really get a grip of what it is. Yeah. Um, so, so the tiger shark is in second with... Um, 111, and then the Great White uh, is in first with 314 recorded Gee. attacks. So that's a lot more than the other two. Wow. Even you could add those two up and you're still 100 away from it. That's crazy. And honestly, that's that's not a lot. That's not a lot, if you think about it, compared to like Crocs and Gators. But uh, all sharks have like a really bad, the sharks have such a bad reputation, but they really don't attack that much. Hmm. And I think uh, next week we're going to go over the uh, the 2018 shark attack report. Oh, okay. The shark attack file. We did that back in episode five for 2017, mm-hmm. if you want to check that out. But we're going to do it again next week and go over last yeah, all of last year's stats. And it's, oh, okay. it's lower than you think. Maybe this will help redeem you from this episode then, Matt. Yes. I'm not so scared. <laughs> I'll make you scared the week after then. Oh, mm-hmm. great. All right, so normally we do an uh, in-pop culture segment here, but I couldn't find anything specific to bull sharks in films, TV, video games, or mascots, or anything. Huh. Everything that's shark-related is a great white. Huh. Everything. I couldn't find one thing with a bull shark. Weren't the bull sharks in Sharknado? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they might be in there, and I, I I mentioned that here in a sec. But, oh, okay. Uh, you might see them, but they're not a character. Though. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So all all shark movies I can think of are about great whites. I mean, I'm sure bull sharks are in something like probably like I said in Sharknado. I'm sure they're in there for a okay. second, but I couldn't find anything about them, just them, oh, uh, which is kind of odd, yeah. right? I mean, I know there's something in with tiger, but I couldn't find anything with the bull shark. I'm sure there's something out there that I missed, but. I couldn't find anything. Hmm. I thought that was weird. Yeah, that is weird. They're so prevalent, you know. Yeah, but the everybody likes the great whites more. Yeah. They're the the main shark. That's true. I got scared of bull sharks when they had them on uh, Shark Week. Well, yeah, they're on Shark Week. Like, oh, hey, there you go. That sounds dangerous. I'm not going. Yeah, there. bull sharks are on Shark Week. That's all I could find. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right. So now we're kind of done with bull sharks. So. We're gonna, how about we get into a famous story? Okay. And that story is the 1916 Jersey Shore shark attacks. Obviously, in order to tell this story, we need to use a certain machine. Sometime. Somewhere. Yes, the time machine. And we are going back to 1916 in New Jersey. And in a lot of ways, this is the story that started the mass fear and paranoia that still goes on today with sharks. This mm. is this is like what started it. So before the 1916 shark attack, scientists thought sharks were little more than large, unintelligent fish with big teeth. People really didn't know what sharks really were back then. I'm not joking. Huh. 
like people didn't know what they looked like or mm-hmm. any yeah no like it was only if you if you're a fisherman you might know but if you were just a regular person you probably don't know what a shark is huh. or maybe you've heard of it but you just don't know what they look like hmm. all right so yeah they wouldn't people are biologists marine biologists also believe that sharks wouldn't come close to people and some were convinced that sharks were harmless to humans obviously they were wrong <laughs> And 12 horrifying days in July of 1916 will show you just how wrong they were. So the summer of 1916 was unusual. It was unbearably hot there in New Jersey at this time. Hmm. And this was this was before air conditioning, too. Oh, yeah. I, air conditioning has to be, like, one of the greatest inventions of all time. <laughs> That's true. If you think about it, like, with a, without air conditioning, do you think many people would live in, like, Las Vegas or Phoenix? No way. No, it would be too miserable and hot. So, I don't know how they did it back. The I, Westerns did it, you know? Yeah, I know. Like, well, they didn't live in Phoenix, that's for sure. Oh, no. What about OK Corral and stuff in Arizona? You're thinking, yeah, why would you yeah. live there? Yeah, that's true, though. And But uh, air conditioning is... Uh, kind of what started the move to the West, like in the, fi- was the 40s or 50s when it was oh, okay. invented. Like in, even in Texas, a part of Texas here, are unbearably oh, yeah. hot. So AC plays a big part in moving people out West. It really mm. does. I did a paper on it back in college one oh, time. Did you? I did, yeah. I can't remember it all, but that's what I, I do remember parts of it. Huh. All right. Anyway, at the same time, there is also a polio epidemic, uh, which, yeah, which had people. Uh, which was kind of the front page news all the, the time during the summer until this happened. But, uh, yeah, so people were trying to kind of escape this and this escape the heat and the polio. So they, uh, they went to the beaches in droves to seek mm-hmm. relief. Uh, the heat made for some unusually warm waters that year. And experts theorized that the warm waters brought in sharks to hunt. Oh, so now let's talk about the first shark attack. You hit me faster than a shark attack. Yes, that clip is a song from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and it's our newest sound clip, and we're going to use that whenever we have a shark attack. Nice. So let's meet a man, a 25-year-old Charles Vincent. He arrived in Beach Haven, New Jersey on July 1st. Uh, to celebrate Independence Day. Hmm. Just after sunset, he went for a swim. Charles was a strong young man, and he was in good shape. He was a good swimmer. And he swam about 50 yards from the shore into about chest-deep water. And he was also accompanied by a golden retriever. Huh. But the the retriever wouldn't wasn't following him all the way. It was only part like halfway in. Oh, okay. So he was trying to get the dog to come up to him. Witnesses said that a group of people nearby noticed a dark shape lingering in the water. Hmm. They tried to warn Charles, but he was set on getting the dog over to him. Charles calling for the dog then became shrieks of horror. Ooh. At uh, or an on-duty lifeguard named Alexander, Alexander Ott, uh, he rushed into the water. Uh, Charles' sister Louise watched in shock as Alexander and another man pulled Charles out of the water. 
The dark shape of the shark didn't let go of Charles until its, its stomach scraped the sandy bottom of the shore. Oh, wow. No one could estimate the size of the shark either, or identify it what kind it was. Charles seemed lighter when he was pulled up on the beach. That's because he was missing all of one leg and most of the other. Oh my goodness. Alexander used a skirt from a bather to apply a tourniquet. And then Charles's father, who was a um, some kind of a physician, rushed to help his son. They took Charles to the hotel where they were staying. And despite their best efforts, Charles died at the hotel at 6.45 p.m. Wow. His death made page 18 of the New York Times as polio remained the big news of the day. The article was titled dies or yeah, it was t- titled this dies after attack by fish. Huh? Sounds well, harmless. Weird title. <laughs> Even though it's mortal, but they, they kind of did this for a reason. So, um, shock circulated the East coast as this was the first such incident recorded in the region. Local newspapers tried to keep the headline, tried to keep it quiet. Oh, uh, the Jersey resorts wanted to make big money on the 4th of July holiday and fear of shark attacks would scare people away. So they didn't want this really getting no. out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. And it also sounds familiar. Kind of like in Jaws. Yeah. Uh, what was, was Brody and what was the guy's name? The, I don't remember the, the names. mayor's name. I can't remember his name. Either. I don't remember the names. I just know the shark. <laughs> That's what comes to mind. Okay. I, I can tell you every attack he did in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's it's a very similar situation as in Jaws. Hmm. So, hotel owners where Charles died put up safety netting 300 feet from the shoreline. Oh. But, uh, too bad, the next victim wasn't anywhere near this first victim. Hmm. Now, let's go to July 6th. And we meet another man. His name's Charles. Charles again, two Charles. As Charles Bruder, he is 27. Uh, he works as a bellhop at the Essex and Sussex Hotel in Spring Lake. Hmm. Spring Lake is 45 miles north of Beach Haven, where the first attack happened. So Charles went out during his lunch break for a swim. He was known to be an excellent swimmer. He swam out into the ocean beyond where other beachgoers normally go. When witnesses suddenly hear screams, Ooh. Uh, they say they saw Charles's body fling, fling up into the air a little Whoa. bit when uh, he was attacked. A woman named Mona Childs watched the attack from shore. She reported seeing the shark turn away from Charles only to dart back towards him. She described it and... The way she did, I've added this because I thought it was kind of a old, it's a very old timey thing to say. So I felt like it was be fun to add. So she described the attack as an airplane attacks a Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) What an old timey thing to say, right? Yeah. When have you, when do you hear about Zeppelins anymore? Yeah, people nowadays, what's a Zeppelin? Yeah, what's a Zeppelin? Yeah, they know about as much as, we know about as much as Zeppelins as uh, they did of sharks back then. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. But yeah, I just thought it was kind of a funny old timey thing to say. So two lifeguards quickly rode out to Charles. 
And when they arrived, he was yelling for help, saying, It bit off my leg. Jeez. The lifeguards pull him onto their boat, and they saw that everything below the knees had been torn off. Oh, wow. Charles then went uh, into shock and died before he even got to shore. Oh, wow. Hundreds of people, and mostly from the uh, upper echelons of society, like uh, politicians, like these are the high-class people, and they're the ones who witnessed this attack. And this time, the news traveled quickly. Scientists mm. and medical doctors even held a news conference following the second attack. Some experts genuinely could not believe that a shark was responsible. Like huh. it, it was beyond them. They did not believe it. Wow. One scientist ex- who, who even examined um, Ruder's body and concluded that it was an orca that was responsible. Huh. That tells you how it puts over how much people just did not know about sharks back then. Yeah. And it was only a little over a hundred years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. People were, they just didn't know. Gee. Uh, at first, people thought these were isolated incidents, and now people believe there is a man-eating shark on the loose. All right, so now we are going to skip a couple days. That was what happened on the 6th. We are now going to July 12th, and we are going to a quiet town of Matawan. Hmm. Matawan is 11 miles inland and nowhere near the beach. Wow. No one had ever reported seeing sharks in the waters here before. And let's meet uh, Thomas Cottrell. He was a fisherman in the town, and from his boat he saw a menacing form swim under the town bridge. He had heard about the attacks in the ocean and got very worried. He ran back to town and warned everyone he could and warned everybody he could find. But no one believed him as they did not think that an ocean-going shark could be this far inland, right? They yeah. didn't know that back then. Yeah. Thomas Cortrell missed warning a group of young boys who went down to the river for a swim, which is something that they did all the time. Hmm. One of the boys named Charles... Oh. No, I'm just kidding. His name's not oh. Charles. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to help save me, you know, by just going to the ocean. I'm just, not Charles. I'm not Charles. <laughs> Tell the shark, I'm not Charles. That's Charles over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, his name is not Charles. Uh, his name is Lester Stillwell, and he is mm. 11 years old. Mm. Lester and his buddies were playing in the river, and it's not even a big river. It was only like 20 feet wide, or 20 to 30 feet wide. I can't remember what it said. Uh so they're just kind of playing in the river, and when his buddies see a fin poke out of the water right behind Lester, before they could warn Lester, it attacked him. It wasn't long before the waters turned turned red, and Lester was taken underwater. Oh, wow. The rest of the boys then ran back into town to get help. The entire town came to investigate. Uh, people cautiously waited in the water, searching for Lester. Some townsfolk would still not believe that the sh- uh, the attack was by a shark. Some thought the boys were just pulling a prank. And then others thought that Lester had an epileptic seizure. And that's why he went missing. Huh. A local 
tailor uh, named Stanley Fisher. He is 24, and he's a strong, strong, strong swimmer. Swam out for he swam out into the creek to find Lester's body. Apparently, Stanley did find the body, and was taking it to shore. And while he was on his way to shore, Stanley was attacked. Oh wow! By the shark in front of the townspeople, and he lost Lester. Uh, Lester's body in the process. Stanley fought back, repeatedly punching the shark, and it wasn't until a rowboat uh, where the men beat the shark with their oars that it would finally let go. And ten pounds of flesh was torn away from Stanley's thigh. All that was left was, all they could see was bone. Oh, wow. He was taken to the hospital, but died two hours later. So now we've had four deaths. Wow. Two in one day, just a few hours apart. Now, let's go 30 minutes after the attack on Stanley. Uh, we meet a Joseph Dunn, who's 14, and he was swimming downstream in Matawan Creek. He was feet away from a dock ladder when he felt something hit his leg, and the shark bit his left leg. But Joseph was uh, was with his brother and his buddy who engaged in a tug-of-war battle with the oh, shark. Wow. Uh, they managed, they won, and they pulled Joseph up. Jeez. His leg was beating, bleeding badly, and Joseph was taken to the hospital. But he actually survives. Oh, wow. He is the last victim and the only survivor of these attacks. Jeez. They did find the body of Lester uh, like two days later, around 150 feet upstream. So they found his body. Wow. So it didn't eat it, huh? Maybe ate part of him. I don't know how much. It, it didn't tell me how much was left of him, huh. but I guess not. I mean, if it, if it attacked Stanley right after that and then attacked Joseph right after that, Jeez. that was all in a few hour period. Three, three attacks in a couple hours. Wow. Two deaths. But after these five attacks in 12 days, shark hysteria rang high. Even President Woodrow Wilson called a meeting, and the White House agreed to give federal aid to, uh, and I quote, drive away all the ferocious man-eating sharks which have been making prey of bathers. That's said by the president. So this is, and uh, I mean, this decision doesn't age well. It doesn't age well at all, mm. but it was uh, things got so out of hand. The president had to get involved. Wow, state of emergency. Yeah, state of emergency. Shark emergency. Uh, ships around New Jersey and New York were on a high alert at the suggestion of scientists. Safety nets were erected around beaches. The hotels they took a huge hit this summer, as people no longer wanted to risk going in the waters. They lost a ton of business wow. because of these just a couple attacks, you know what I mean? Wow. And that's that's a big thing with shark attacks is that that happens and it can happen all around the world. If there's, if there's a, two or three shark attacks in the same area, like one, they can get away with one because it could just be a, a one-off thing. But if there's uh-huh. two within like a week, that beach is no, hardly anybody's going to go to that beach anymore for serious. Wow. Um, Ships went out and with they went out with armed with rifles, harpoon guns, and axes to kill as many sharks as possible. 
There was even a reward given to boats that killed possible man-eaters. This shark hysteria went into full swing. It was at this time that sharks got the bad reputation that continues even today. Mm. So, back in Matawan, some people began buying all the bullets and dynamite from the general stores because <laughs> you could buy dynamite dynamite in just re- regular general stores back then. I think we said that before when we, we had a alligator story. Oh. But people could just go and buy dynamite off the, off the shelves. Nice. <laughs> so they, they would set off the dynam- dynamite in the water to find the shark. The hunt for what the papers dubbed the Jersey Maneater. Mm-hmm. That's what it was known as. Um, sprawled up and down the East Coast, it has since been hailed as the largest scale animal hunt in history. Wow. And the papers love this story. For a while, the sharks were the top headline, beating out polio and World War I. Wow. Sharks were front page news. New York Times, Philadelphia, and all around that area. Crazy. These sharks were front page news. Wow. And after a few days... And hundreds of sharks killed, if not thousands of sharks that were killed by humans after this. Uh, a dragnet captured a killer. Ooh. They caught a 350-pound, 8-foot, great white shark. Oh. That's not even a big great white shark. No. They can get double that easy. But doctors allegedly, and I mean allegedly uh-huh. for this inspected the shark's stomach and found human remains. They said they found a shin bone inside. Hmm. Now, the de- uh, the debate that still goes on today is, was this the lone shark that caused all of this? While it's very possible this great white could have been responsible for one or both of the first two attacks. And remember, um, sharks, like I said, shark science was in its infancy back in 1916. Lots of people didn't even know what sharks looked like. So no one knows precisely what happened and what sharks are responsible. And today we can only speculate. However, modern experts believe that the Matawan attacks were by a lone bull shark, not Mm. a great white. And as it happened in fresh water. So all the evidence points towards a bull shark. And I could see a, a bull shark, um, killing younger kids easier than biting off full-grown adults' legs. Yeah. That's well, that's going to be difficult for a bull shark, I think. Yeah. A great white, not as bad, but a uh, bull shark, they would have a harder time with them. So it could also be that scientists mistook that great white for a bull shark, since shark science was so... Um, New back then, so they might have just mistook it. They don't like yeah. that's a great white, I think. It kind of yeah. it's got white on it. It's just a shark. It's just a shark, see. <laughs> so, uh, or it's possible the great white cot was faked to be the man eater to make people feel better. Yeah, yeah. So there's there is there's some conspiracy uh, with this story that I find pretty interesting. Mm. But the real thing is that nobody knows. Nobody knows. The only yeah. thing we know for certain, though, is that shark hysteria began from these attacks in 1916. Yeah. That, and he killed all people with uh, two-syllable names. Charles? Yeah. <laughs> Did he? Stanley. Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess you're right. 
My name's Two Syllables. Dang it. <laughs> you just tell him you go by I Dave. I go by Dave now. Yeah, yeah, you just tell him you go by Dave. Yeah. I just go by Matt, not Matthew. <laughs> there you go. Nice, we're safe. And if we need to, we just find a Charles and point him <laughs> yeah, out where yeah. it's at. Yeah. But Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. Hmm. I hope everyone enjoyed learning about bull sharks and enjoyed the story. This is this is kind of one of the more, more famous stories that we, we end up covering. Mm. But it, there's still a lot more to it. So if you want, there's, there's I watched a bit of a documentary on it. You can, so I just watched it on YouTube. So if you want to learn more, you can find out there. But a lot of the sources were conflicting with their reports as well. Oh, so yeah. it's really hard to get a exact, know exactly what happened in this. And we don't. Nobody really knows. We can do our best, but we're only speculating. But I do think that it's possible that it was a great white for the first two, but it's got to be the bull shark for the second, yeah. for the, 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 the other ones. ones. Yeah. Um, uh, who knows? Maybe it was the bull shark who did it all. Maybe you, maybe a great white swam in the river, but no, it didn't because they can't do that. So yeah. That would be uh, like having a polar bear at the South Pole. Yeah, it would be like that. <laughs> it can't happen. <laughs> polar bears are not in it, Antarctica. All right, so uh, Dave, you think you're you think you're ready to go to the beach now? No, and I've got to have a different episode to give me get you off get sharks. Me off sharks, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did this on purpose. I think you did. Thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs> uh, Dave and I were going on vacation in the middle of July to um, whereabouts in California? Uh, New Newport, Long Beach area. Uh, we're going to Long Beach, so I'm. I want to freak Dave out before we go in the water there. Yeah, yeah. He just wants to have more more room to himself there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are going to have another shark related episode next week. I haven't decided exactly what to cover yet. I want to do a bit on the 2018 shark attack report and go over some stats from last year. But I also want to cover the story of the fam- another famous story from World War II with the. Indianapolis, the, U, the USS Indianapolis. Mm. The, this was the ship that was sunk by the Japanese, and many survivors were attacked by sharks. And while they were out there for weeks, stranded on yeah. these little little boats. See, that's how you can get me, Matt. Um, I don't want this like the sharks, but I do like World War Two. <laughs> so yeah, balance you know, it out. Yeah. <laughs> so may, I, we might do that next week. And then, if we need to, we can always fill in uh, with other shark attacks. There's been two How about sharks saving people. Let's go on that one. There, oh, <laughs> I don't think that's happened before. Uh. But uh, there have been two recent shark attacks that have happened. We'll cover that in our recent episode. Mm. But one of them died too. It was in Hawaii. Uh. So yeah, we're gonna. I'm do another shark related episode next week. Or maybe we'll even do a solo episode on great whites. I, I haven't decided yet. Mm. Or we could do another. We can do that down the line. I'm not sure. I'm still yeah. trying to figure that out. So okay, it will be a shark-related episode, though. All right. So we have a shout-out to give, and that is to Shanene Panties. <laughs> Shanene Panties. <laughs> Quite the name, huh? Yeah. Uh, he wrote us on Instagram and said he enjoys the show and wants he he wants us to cover coyotes and cougars. Sometime. Wait, this is a guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and which we will, which he wants us to cover coyotes and cougars, which are definitely in the books and animals that we will cover sometime. Okay. Yeah. I don't know when, but we will get to those. Okay. Oh yeah. And one more thing at the end of the, at the end of the month, we're going to be doing our anniversary episode, our one year anniversary. 
I think I th- as of now it's going to be episode 50, I think. That's what I'm subject to okay. change though. And my my idea for it is to retell a few of our favorite stories th- from throughout the year. So if any listeners have a favorite story, let us know what they are and we can share them again. And we're also going to cover a few listener stories that were sent in. So it's going to be right it's going to be fun. Nice. Uh, I know one story we're going to cover for sure is uh, grizzly bear story and has to relate with um, people spraying themselves with bear mace. <laughs> so we're, we're going to cover that story again. And I'm, Dave and I will pick out a couple others and I'll, hopefully we get some listener recommendations as well. Yeah. Uh, also be sure to check out our friends over at when animals attack podcast. I think they have a new episode out and I think it's on black bears. I'm not sure if it's out oh. yet, but it's, it's coming or it's out now. Okay. So, Dave, if our listeners want to help out and contribute to the show, what can they do? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. You know, it really helps us out. We, we <laughs> you know, you guys would be really helping us out doing that. <laughs> not bad. Is not that bad. That's okay. not bad. <laughs> I started rambling. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's right. Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. The ratings and reviews really mean a lot. Uh, so take the 20 to 30 seconds and do that for us. Uh, I've learned that ratings reviews kind of will make a podcast climb charts and we want to do that. So please help us out with that. And we, yeah, we want to be a popular show and I work hard on doing this. So yeah. it would mean a lot. And you can also uh, leave a review on whatever platform you use, or you can even go to our Facebook page or Instagram and give us, say something there. And we will give shout outs to anyone who does. And if you want to be an even more wonderful person, become a producer of the show, you can go to PayPal or Venmo and leave a little donation. That would mean a whole lot to us. I don't care if it's $1, $100, anything helps. And yeah, you will be our favorite for helping us do that. And like I've said, I want to try and get some merch, make some merch. So maybe t-shirts, something, hats, I don't know yet. But um, donations are, will kind of set, get us started on making that happen. Mm. So you can go to PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or on Venmo on my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. All this information is in the description below. And to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you want to. Tell us a cool animal-related story. Uh, then now's the time to do that, by the way, because oh, we're going to yeah. have Perfect some time. listener stories. So if you have a cool story for us, send it in now. Uh, and also, if you want to just suggest an episode idea or if you want to uh, ask a question or say hi, please feel free. You can email us or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Also, help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we are iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all the podcast channels we need to be on. Whew. Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. Colonel Cheetor, how about you? Hey, Dave, look behind you. I think it's a shark fin. <laughs> you pussy! Oh, oh you that was a jerk. good one. <laughs> he's on, he's on he's he's on a hot streak right now. Yeah, he is. No food for you. He's on fire. All right, this is Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up, and we will see you next week. Bye.